then. There we go. Hi, everybody. Good afternoon. Happy Monday. Um, I hope wherever you are, it's as sunny as it is for us here. Uh, my guest today, today, put my teeth back in, is the fabulous Julie Dennis. And Julie specializes in practical and natural solutions for controlling menopause symptoms. So I've got a quick bio for, uh, of her here, which we'll quickly run through, and then we'll get into the questions. We've already got some that have come through. If anybody, whilst we're on the show, has got any more, then please feel free. I know we're on a slightly different platform now, uh, but if you want to send them through my Facebook or Twitter, um, and we'll get Julie to answer those for us uh, within the next 30 minutes. So with an early corporate career spanning executive search, management consultancy, and a FTSE 100 mining company, Julie has played a key role in communications, PR, and global reporting for big business. She is adept at delivering highly complex information in an easily digestible format. And I'm sure that's something that we all want. I know there's lots of uh, gump and jargon out there that can sometimes... Yeah, doesn't have that. to be difficult. <laughs> no, keep it simple. Uh, so Julie's own story is compelling. She was prescribed HRT following a hysterectomy in her early 30s and assumed this was a cure for menopause, as again, I'm sure lots of people out there do. Julie embarked on extensive research and was shocked to discover HRT was a band-aid, not a cure, and took the big decision to wean herself off it. Julie has created the Hot Flush Freedom Formula, a holistic approach to managing menopause symptoms, and was able to put in place the changes that enabled her to get back on track with her own health. Julie now works one-to-one -one with busy professional women who want to get control of their symptoms and feel like themselves again. She also helps organizations address the impact of menopause symptoms in the workplace to ensure their position to support the female workforce through their 40s, 50s and beyond. Mm. That's quite a bio. Yes, probably a bit too long. <laughs> no, 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 don't be silly. I think it's great to, to kind of get a background. So I think with so many of us, when we're, I suppose, or have become coaches or we're in a helping environment or, a, you know, therapy, actually mm. what's our background and, and what's led us to, to kind of get to where we are. So to just talk us through a bit more about that, Julie. What kind of got you? Yeah, from, uh, from, from mining to menopause. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah not, not a very straight book, book title. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, could be, could be. <laughs> well, um, I'm 46 now, but my menopause story started when I was in my 30s, as you said in my bio. And at the time, I was actually I was working for, for one of the one of the world's leading mining uh, uh, companies. I'd I just started to think think about my health, being in my early 30s. So I've given up smoking, uh, replaced cigarettes with chocolate hobnobs, <laughs> and um, and consequently put on a bit of weight. Right. Uh -huh. So um, absolutely didn't want to give the hobnobs up. So I started running. Truly, as a weight management tool. And, um, and it worked. Not only did it work, but I really loved running. Mm -hmm. But it got to the point where I realized that it didn't matter how much I was running, I wasn't losing weight anymore. And in fact, I was starting to put it on, particularly around my tummy area. Um, I ignored it for a while, mm -hmm. like we always do with the warning signs, right? Yeah. But eventually I went to the doctors and uh, 10 days later I was in hospital being prepped for a hysterectomy. Oh, wow. I had this, uh, had this massive tumor. They had to get it out really quickly. And, um, and they did. Within a couple of days of the operation, they, they put me onto HRT, which I willingly took. I uh, didn't know any different. Plus, with the doctors, obviously, I was really young and I just wanted to, I wanted to get on with my life, really. So um, I went home, I recovered from the surgery, and I went back to work. Um, As we do. Essentially, yeah, you just get on with it, don't you? Yeah. Stuff happens and, and you look forward to, to what you can do with your life. Um, so I went back and, and everything seemed normal again. Fast forward 10 years, and I was made redundant. 
um, <laughs> at the time. You know, I didn't, I didn't dislike my job. In fact, you know, I was really fortunate. I got to travel internationally. I went to the States, to Australia, to Singapore. But I wasn't doing it. I wasn't following my heart, if you like. I was, I was doing what I thought I should do. I was working in London, like my dad had done, yeah. like my friends were doing. Um, you have the package, you have the bonuses, you have the, the health insurance. So, so why would you leave? Right, yeah, you, you know, they were insane. But suddenly, I got this huge opportunity. You know, I was uh, I was given a big pile of cash and all this time and the rest of my life to just to do exactly what I wanted to do. So um, I immediately retired to the sofa and watched eight seasons of Twenty Four back to back because <laughs> I <laughs> I hadn't had time to do that before. Yeah. Okay, everyone had been talking about it and I had a chance to watch it. And I realised that what I wanted to do was, I didn't want to go back to working in London, I knew that. thought maybe I'd work locally. I thought, you know, actually, I don't want really to work for anybody else. I want to work for myself. Mm -hmm. And I want to work with women like me. You know, women who are over 40, who want to get fit, but not too fit. You know, healthy, but not too healthy. Yeah. And, um, and generally feel good about themselves. So I trained as a personal trainer and nutrition advisor and set up a business, taking care of the, uh, the ladies in Hertfordshire, really. Um, but what I found was I was increasingly getting these questions about menopause and how to control menopause symptoms naturally. Mm -hmm. um, I think I had no idea. I was on HRT. I was fixed as far as I was concerned. Yeah. But I um, wanted to help my clients, so went off, did a whole load of research, hooked up with a holistic um, menopause practitioner um, um, based up in Worcester, Worcester mm -hmm. and discovered to my absolute horror that HRT actually isn't a cure. It's like I said, it's a band-aid, it's a stopgap. Yeah. It, it's just masking your symptoms. Um, it's stopping your body from telling you that something's not quite right. So I took the big decision to wean myself off it. Mm -hmm. um, and ladies, anyone out there thinking about weaning themselves off HRT, it's got to be done gradually. Otherwise, you know, you have to go to bed for about a year. <laughs> so, you know, you've just reduced, there's a protocol for reducing your dosage very slowly. And did you get medical I, attention with that, Julie? No, I didn't. I, I worked with a menopause mentor. Yeah. Um, I decided not to go down the, the medical route. It was something I wanted to manage myself. I wanted yeah. to be drug free. And I didn't have uh, I didn't have the medical support locally that, that was able to offer that surface. Um, so I started reducing the dose for a while. I didn't feel any different, and then um, and then unfortunately the symptoms did start to hit. Mm -hmm. So uh, first of all, a UTI, <laughs> my first ever. Oh, so that was uh, that was a really fun couple yeah. of days. Um, menopause rage, you know this this violent menopause rage that it's. It's like being 17-year-old again, but of course you can't, you can't get away with that behaviour any longer. Mm. Um, I, actually, I actually leapt out my car at a petrol station in Sainsbury's and got right up into the face of some poor woman who I thought had pushed in, you know, oh, and told her exactly what I, I know. And I, I'm absolutely mortified when I look back on that now and, and the way I behaved for that period before I got my hormones back under control. Um, hot flushes so embarrassing you know when you're at home they're uncomfortable they're not very nice but when you're at work or or, or even when you're with just a group of friends it's it's not funny it's and the fanning starts doesn't it? Once the fanning starts you yeah. feel the kind of heat it, it builds from right in the center yeah. of you. you think there's nothing you can do as you feel your color rising the sweat on your top upper lip and you know you are cardio on cardio hair up mm. hair down all this constant fidgeting uh, night sweats again disgusting you know and anybody who hasn't had a good night's sleep for whatever reason knows how difficult it is to behave well 
when you're really tired. Yeah, of course. So nights where it's night after night, losing sleep, not great. And I think the thing actually that upset me even more than the um, the hot flushes was this this kind of brain fog, um, not able to think or problem solve or articulate as well as I'd always been able to do before. Um, getting words bogged up, uh, still called beetroot rhubarb in this house. <laughs> <laughs> Just and I still get that little stuff. I just like created a habit there that I can't. Yeah. Everybody else thinks it's really funny to, to call beetroot rhubarb too. But you know, stuff that wasn't so funny, like leaving the house and not shutting the door behind me. I just started going out and, yeah, and wow. forgetting to look up. Yeah. Um, and you know, if you can't remember to shut the door behind you, how can you possibly run a successful business? Mm. So it's it's a really stressful time when you're going through those symptoms. I know exactly what it's like, and it can feel like it's just you because mm. it is embarrassing you don't want to talk about it with everyone but you know the good news is you're not alone anybody out there who is struggling you really are not alone and in fact um i think there's about, about 13 million women right now who are going through some form of menopause symptoms at the moment and 100 percent of women are going to experience menopause to a varying degree at some time mm-hmm. so ladies you are not alone yeah it's, uh, it's a perfectly natural phase in the female life cycle and it doesn't have to be awful yeah, brilliant. And why do I mean you, you touched on it there? We we you know we don't necessarily talk about it. Why do you think there is such a stigma attached to it? As you said, you know, kind of all women will go through it at some point. Mm. Why do you think we don't talk about it? Is it embarrassment? Is it we do feel alone? What what from from the people that you've worked with and, and kind of the work that you do? Where do, where do you think that not talking about it comes from? Yeah, well, I think it's a combination of those things. It is embarrassing if you suddenly start making mistakes or you're suddenly sweating or you're suddenly sleeping. You know, to, by the time we've reached our 40s, most of us have, um, we're a lot more comfortable in our own skin. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a much clearer idea of where we're going with our lives. We're much more comfortable about how we speak, how confidence levels are usually better than they actually were in our 20s or 30s. Mm-hmm. So to then have that suddenly taken away, it doesn't make any sense because of the lack of information out there right now, it makes no sense. So quite often what I hear from my ladies is that they don't even realise that it's the menopause that's happening to them. They assume some people worry they've got early onset dementia, especially with the history of that in the family. Oh, wow. when, when, yeah. Um, or, you know, that they're suddenly developing some, uh, some problem with their, their writing or the talking. People worry that they're seriously ill. And that's why it becomes embarrassing and uncomfortable to talk about. And suddenly not being able to keep your temper, especially if you're, um, you're at work, or you've got a family, or you've got children, and where you've been this confident, you know, woman in control, and suddenly you're not, it is, you know, you just, it, it, it's, uh, you want to hide away. You yeah. Really do. Yeah. Okay. So it's, uh, it, and I, I suppose, a conversation that we need to, need to start having. I've just finished for the, for the third time, actually, I don't know if you think this would, would kind of resonate, but um, I've been chilling out a bit over the last few weeks. Glad to hear uh, it. Doing do lots and lots of reading. So for the third time, I don't know if you've read it, I've just, uh, I finished this morning actually, Daring Greatly by Brené Brown. Oh, fabulous book. Yeah. About the kind of, you know, the shame and the fear. And actually mm. when we're in that space, yeah, a lot of us, and I know I, I go into that space of mm. hiding away, not wanting to talk to anybody, wanting to kind of deal with it on my own. Do mm-hmm. you think there's an element of that that comes into it as well? Do you think we feel ashamed of how we're feeling or we're, you know, you, you said obviously there's, there's 
you know, some people would think there's something really serious. So do you think we go into that kind of space of fear and vulnerability from, from that perspective? Yeah, I think the fear and vulnerability that Brené talks about so, so articulately. But I think also women are, are used to just getting on with it mm. and, and getting things done. Um, you know, there's this whole thing around putting your own oxygen mask on first. Yeah. On the plane. Um, and self-care is so important. And for women, it's quite often self-care is the last thing on our list. We're yeah. too busy worrying about and caring for everybody else. Absolutely, to be yeah. concerned about ourselves. So alongside the embarrassment, there's also the, I'm just going to pretend this isn't happening. If I just, if I just carry on and keep my head yeah. down, it'll go away. You yeah. Know, we just that kind of head in the sand as well a little bit, I think, yeah. Mm, which is a shame, isn't it? Because again, I think the, the quicker we deal with those things... Yeah the quicker you know find the solution yeah yeah yeah, so, yeah and you know the more we talk about it the easier it is for women everywhere to, to yeah. make the changes necessary to get to get their body and mind back under control mm. yeah for real okay so um i think we, we touched on very briefly i've had some uh questions for people that couldn't tune okay. into us today yeah uh, but want to i think have their questions answered so they can catch it on the on the room <laughs> sure um, and I've got three questions from three Claire's. I do think they're all completely different. They all <laughs> felt very differently. Uh, but if I start with the first one, Julie, so this is Claire from Worthing. Yeah. Um, she's in her early 30s. Everyone's saying she's too young to be going through the menopause, but she'd like to know what the kind of typical symptoms are because I think she's in a place of thinking that she's going through this. And I, I can absolutely relate to this. I think, yeah. you know, my, my mum and... Uh, ex-husband have been telling me I've been going through it for years I'm like, don't be so stupid I'm far too young for that but uh -huh. you know, what what would you know are there symptoms is there a typical age range can you get it is it something that you can go through in your 30s mm -hmm. okay so first of all here's the thing from a language point of view menopause is actually menopause itself is actually only one day long okay officially it is it's the day of your last period uh -huh. but because you don't know at the time it's your last period Menopause is generally defined as 12 months after the day of your last period, and then right. you're officially post-menopause. Okay. Now, before that one day of menopause, you are experiencing something called perimenopause, and that is fluctuating hormone levels. Typically, your sex hormones, estrogen and progesterone, begin to drop. And they actually begin to drop from, from around the age of 30. Mm -hmm. um, and we don't always notice. Some women do notice, some women, women don't. As the uh, progesterone levels drop slightly faster than oestrogen, and progesterone is a calming hormone and oestrogen is a dominant hormone, what happens is symptoms then can come to the surface. Mm -hmm. And yes, they can come to the surface in your early 30s. And they can be, uh, they can be the hot flushes, they can be the, the brain confusion, it can be the, the mood swings, um, joint aches. I mean, there's actually sort of, uh, there are 40 official menopause oh, symptoms. Wow. That, I know, it's a huge list. Would you, you get, would you typically get all of them? Or I suppose like with other symptoms of things, you might get yeah. a handful of them. Yeah, you just get a handful. And all our menopause experiences are unique. So my menopause is not going to be your menopause. Mm -hmm. Claire's menopause is her menopause. Too. Yeah. So she will be um, uh, struggling with, with, significant, with, uh, with symptoms that are very specific to her. Um, but yeah, early 30s, you can notice changes, and that's because you're in perimenopause. Okay, fab. I hope that helps, Claire. Yes, thank you. If it doesn't, Claire, do drop me an email, or um, Julie, yeah. we'll get Julie's contact details at the end of the show. So if, if that Just doesn't email me direct, or get to Julie. Mm. I suppose one thing from there, because again, Claire, what Claire's asked there is, are, are there typical symptoms? You've said there are 40. Yeah. I suppose hot flushes and, and the anger are, I suppose, what yeah. I would deemed to be the most common That's i think it. the people that i know have gone through it will always kind of go through that 
Mm. Where would you find this list of like 40 symptoms? Uh, what I will do is I will, uh, I'll post a list up in your um, Facebook page. Brilliant, thank you. Yeah, so I'll pop them all up there so everybody can see them. Yeah. Brilliant, fantastic. Thank you ever so much. That'll be great. Uh, so yeah, Claire, I hope that, that helps you. Uh, but again, any questions, just get hold of, uh, of Julie. Yes, um, please just email me directly. At the end, thank you. Uh, so our second Claire is Claire from Surrey. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I suppose with all of these, I think any, anything like this can, can be quite difficult, but I, I think this one just uh, kind of really, really hit me. So uh, Claire from Surrey is asking, how do you help businesses with this? And we touched with this in your profile. Claire says she's in her late 40s, has been on HRT for six months, uh, but her colleagues are always on about her hot flushes and she's finding that really embarrassing. Mm -hmm. Claire, I'm really, really sorry to hear that. You know, and I, I feel for you 100%. It's, um, it is embarrassing. It's not funny. And the other people are just laughing to cover their own embarrassment and awkward, awkwardness because of the lack of information they have about what you're struggling with. Um, in terms of how I help businesses, I work with uh, women in business to help them with practical and natural solutions to getting the symptoms like hot flushes under control. Mm -hmm. And I also work with line managers so that they can uh, recognize um, what could be going on potentially with some members of their team um, if women are struggling. In terms of what you can do immediately, Claire, I'd suggest that you make an appointment to see your line manager to talk to him about what's go or her about what's going on. Um, and relate it specifically to what's, how it's affecting your work. So, you know, your hot, the hot flushes that you're experiencing are stopping, I mean, that you need to sit in a different place in the office, or you need access to cold water, or you'd like a fan on your desk. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that your colleagues are laughing at you are impacting your confidence and your ability to do work. But when you speak to your line manager about menopause symptoms, always relate them to how it's impacting your work. And then they'll, they're in a position to help you because they can manage it better if mm. they understand that it's hurting your work rather than just you personally. Yeah, okay, brilliant. And some pr quite practical solutions you've given there. Fans, water, yes. moving to a different yes. place of the office. Mm -hmm. And does, do those, I suppose, environmental changes, do they, I'm you've recommended them, so I'm assuming the answer to this is yes, but do they, have, I'm assuming, you know, the people that I've known that have gone through this yeah. have hot flushes, like middle of winter. Yeah. <laughs> no. So um, how, how does that change of it? How could that change of environment then be able to help Claire? And I suppose the other Claire's that we've got the questions from and everybody mm -hmm. else out there in, in managing that better for them. Uh, in terms of the environment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you can have the air conditioning on at work, have it on. If you can sit near a window and have it open, have it open. Staying hydrated is super important in terms of hot flushes, as is, um, <laughs> don't laugh, but staying calm, which is clearly very difficult to do when you feel a hot flush rising. Mm -hmm. But if you can um, uh, manage your reaction to the hot flush, it will make it a lot, more, lot less intense and, and severe. So just two to three very deep breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth can really help to switch on your parasympathetic nervous system and stop a hot flush in its track. Um, what I'd also recommend, particularly for Claire, Claire from Worthing and uh, uh, Claire from Surrey at work, is to uh, start to, when she has a hot flush, start to make some notes about what's been happening just beforehand because something will have triggered it. Was it something she drank? Okay. Was it something that somebody said that's upset her? Yeah. If she can isolate the trigger for her flushes, 
then she can start work on managing it. Okay, so is there always a trigger for them? It's not just something that comes on? No, no, there'll always be a trigger. Um, okay. trigger. I mean, typical ones are, you know, it's the usual suspects. It's caffeine, it's sugar, it's stress. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's your environment if you're in a very hot environment. But work out what that trigger is by making a few notes and then you're back in control and you can manage that trigger. Okay. So in that respect, would you say, because I think what you've just said there about sort of caffeine diet, exercise, keeping calm, all those sorts of things mm. can also be triggers for increases of anxiety and all those sorts of things anyway. So is it, yeah. is it, I don't know, when you get to that point of, I don't know if it's anxiety or panic or whatever, is it changing the hormone levels? What's, what's affecting? Yeah, it's so, um, quite often it's uh, cortisol, our main stress hormone um, uh, comes into act and it's there to protect you. It's that old yeah. fight or flight response. But um, uh, of course, we've got nowhere to run these days and you certainly don't want to have a punch up with anyone. Mm. So it's, it's doing everything you can to manage that stress within the body. Yeah. What is naturally under stress because of the hormone changes going on and something as simple as, as, uh, as deep breathing, as meditation can really help to calm your system down and help get those symptoms under control. Fab. Thank you. Thanks, Julie. So Claire from Surrey, I hope that's helped. Um, and again, I think any issues i mean by all means have the conversation with your manager um i would uh, then suggest maybe I don't, I don't know getting get in contact with julie and, and see if there's anything else that, that she can help with i think anything in the workplace whether it's this whether it's i don't know mental health whether it's illnesses stress anxiety depression all of those sorts of things i think we need to get much more used to talking about them in the workplace because again yeah, i think we're not going to improve if you don't talk to anyone however awkward or difficult it may feel when yeah. you're doing it and it is you know it, i appreciate it's something it is difficult to talk about but um things can only get better once you have spoken about that absolutely and it goes back to i suppose what you were saying at the beginning julie doesn't it that you know we can um uh, i've lost what i've lost my train of thought then but you were talking about um just not not talking the fact that we don't talk about things yeah, we don't talk enough about stigma it, yeah. attached so around do, nothing's going to change yeah and the fact that you can feel that you're on your own with it mm. and you know, there may be other people in the workplace right now that are going through exactly the same thing, but nobody's yes. talking about it. Or likewise, if you can make the change now, actually then people become more aware of it for other people that may then mm. have the same. Yeah, same it's thing. a knock-on effect. You know, the, the, more, the more women start talking about it, the more women can feel better and more in control and the more, more women we can help them reach. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah, Claire, I hope that helps. Um, if not, please do get in contact with Julie, um, either through her website. We'll give contact details again at the end. Uh, but do get in contact uh, with Julie if you need anything there. And then our third and final, Claire, Julie. <laughs> I don't have an age here. I don't know where she's from. Um, but says, I don't want to go on HRT. She says she's heard horror stories. Is there another way for her to feel better? Oh, hello, Claire, number three. Yes, there's absolutely another, another way for you to feel better. You know, HRT is not the only option. There are other options and it's natural and, and, and practical solutions. Like I said, the usual suspects um, in terms of your health anyway are reducing caffeine, reducing sugar, reducing alcohol. Um, they should give you some immediate relief. But key is, absolutely key is to work out what your triggers are. So if you think you're experiencing symptoms, Claire, when a symptom hits you, when it strikes, 
immediately make a note of what the circumstances are. You know, whether you've just eaten something, whether you've just drunk something, whether you've just exercised in a particular way, mm -hmm. maybe someone you've spoken to has upset you, but get really specific about what's going on around the time that the symptom arises. Then you can find your trigger and then you can work on managing that trigger. Yeah. Real. Thank you. So again, uh, our third Claire for today. I hope that helps. Uh, but again, if not, please, uh, please get in contact with Julie. Yeah. And again, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll give contact details shortly. So Julie, I suppose just going on from that, and again, everybody that I've known that has gone through it, my mum included, some of my friends, all then kind of talk about the HRT. Why, why is that the kind of first response from any medical professional that we go to speak to? Um, I think... Uh, the way the medical profession works in this country is that they're, they're there to fix you. So if you break an arm, you break a leg, you have a heart attack, you know, you've got some serious condition, they're there to fix you. Um, and they do that very well. Yeah. 99% yeah, of the time we're extremely yeah, grateful for that, aren't we? Yeah. Absolutely. But something like menopause is you're not broken, all right? You don't need fixing. Um, you're not estrogen deficient. Your levels are just changing. And you can manage that naturally, as, as women used to do thousands and hundreds of years ago, and as they do in, do in other countries. Um, we don't medicate our daughters to get them through puberty. So why are we thinking about medicating ourselves to get through menopause? Mm. Um, and like I said, it's not a cure anyway. It's just going to mask what's going on. And really, you want to be as attuned to your body as you possibly can. You want to be here. You know, if your body's roaring with menopause symptoms, you want to hear that. So that you can you can manage it mm. um, and you can do it. Yeah, brilliant. Okay. So what is it that the HRT does to us? Is it is it trying to reproduce some of the chemicals that we then lose? Is it trying to balance the what's is it is yeah, it chemicals? So it's the yeah, you get the synthetic hormones. So it's um it's letting your body believe that your estrogen levels are back up to where they were mm -hmm. a few years ago. Um that's what that's what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. So Mm -hmm. and once on it so had you not have weaned yourself off is there only like a set period of time that you're supposed to be on it or is that you kind of then forever unless you find it, an alternative uh it it, it var again it varies from from women to women okay. doctor's advice varies too but you have women in their 70s who are still on hrt and determined uh -huh. not to come off it because yeah. they they feel fine and they don't want to they don't want to risk undergoing the symptoms mm -hmm. I, mean, I was on it for nearly 10 years i think wow. um, yeah. and the doctors didn't seem to have any problem with me being on it that long for um it was my personal decision to, to come off it and i think you know how you manage your menopause it's a choice mm -hmm. so my choice is to manage it naturally um someone else might decide that actually the route for them is hrt and that's absolutely fine as long yeah. as we've, we're able in a position to make an informed choice Brilliant, thank you. And then just you, you kind of mentioned there about managing it naturally. What are there any, um, obviously I, I, I'm assuming again, it will be down to the individual and the type of symptoms that they're experiencing, but what would you say have been your most effective techniques for the natural management? Uh, the uh, cutting back on, on my beloved red wine, unfortunately. <laughs> and, and what I would say is that, um, you know, I haven't stopped drinking completely. Mm -hmm. So I do drink. I was out with my sister at the weekend, so I had a drink. But I accepted that the consequence of that was that I was going to be having, I was going to have a bad night's sleep the night before. Right, okay. And they did on Saturday night, and I had a terrible night's sleep. But I had made the decision that it was my body. I wanted to have a drink. I did that. And then I was prepared to accept the consequences. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, the alcohol was, uh, was a big one for me. And when I cut right back on that, it made, it made, it made a big difference. You know? And not just with the menopause symptoms, in all other areas of my life too. Yeah, yeah. 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 
And do you find that, do, was it, did you kind of have to go through like a period of uh, sort of trial and error, actually, is it this, is it this? And you, you've talked a lot about kind of noting down your symptoms and what your trigger points are. Yeah, so, so you're right. Kind of, uh, I suppose nothing ever is, but it's not like an overnight fix. You've got to find out. No, what it's, it's gradual. I mean, you can you can get some relief pretty quickly. You know, within two or three weeks, you make the if you make the right changes, if you yeah. if you're able to cut right back on your caffeine. And again, if caffeine's your thing, I wouldn't recommend on cutting it out completely because you'll feel absolutely dreadful. You know, just reduce it gradually. But um, yeah, within two or three weeks, you can notice quite a significant difference once you start to make the changes that will that will keep your hormones happy. Brilliant. Thank you, thank you. So we talked about now. You said um, you've you've mentioned. I think you've got a, a little a little gift for us. Yes. Uh, yeah. Talk to us about that briefly. Yeah. So I have written a hot flush freedom guide. Uh, three quick and easy ways, ladies, for you to get control of your symptoms. And you can pick up a copy of that if you go to www.juliedennis.net forward slash hot flush freedom guide and um, just pop in your name and email address and it, it pings straight into your email box brilliant thank you so you can get that from julie's website and i think we've also um if we can julie probably just attach the link to the replay as well yes. so um people can get that through so we'll attach the link sure. to Julie's website directly through that uh, so if you are listening on replay and you want to get your hands on it you'll be able to get it through uh, the facebook page um, I'll find a way probably to try and get it on the podcast for those of you that listen there. But if not, we'll definitely uh, get it up on, uh, on Facebook and Twitter. And um, how else can people get in contact with you, Julie? Um, I think there's, there's definitely, uh, <laughs> from my perspective, I'm like, oh, there's probably still lots of questions. But again, if we, you know, the ones that you've answered... If any yeah, I hope that's been helpful. But otherwise, you know, on my website, juliedennis.net, there's, um, there's a whole, uh, uh, there's huge amounts of advice on dealing with all kinds of menopause symptoms. So, you know, have a route around there and see if you can find the information you need. If you can't find that information, then you can actually book a call in my diary for a complimentary consultation. The link to that is on my website. Um, you can find me on Twitter at julie underscore a underscore Dennis. And... The other thing is I run a private Facebook group called the Hot Flush Freedom Fighters, which is um, it's a safe place for women like us just to chat about menopause, any symptoms you might be struggling with, you know, is anybody else feeling like this, share tips and advice, and of course, get access to me. So that's a private group. Nobody else can see your posts, um, only, the, only the ladies in the group, and that's the Hot Flush Freedom Fighters. If you just do a search on Facebook and request to join, I can approve your request. Fab. Hot flush freedom fighters. I like that one. Yes. Or juliedennis.net, did you say? Yeah, Your website, right. brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose the, the group, you've, you've said, I think, and we've touched on this a few times, must help people in not feeling alone. Because again, I think when we're going through any, anything, mm-hmm. we, we always do feel like it's just us, don't we? Yeah, that's right. And you're always going to feel like it's just you if you don't start talking about it. Yeah, brilliant. Well, thank you. So, yeah, any questions, please head over to Julie's website. I would, uh, I think, probably strongly recommend the free consultation um, and maybe have a quick chat with Julie and go through that with her. Um, as I said, we'll get the Hot Flush Freedom Guide um, on, I don't know why I struggle to, to say that. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's <laughs> the Hot Flush Freedom Guide. Uh, uh-huh. The link posted on, uh, on the replay or you can find that on Julie's Facebook page. And uh, yeah, try the uh, Hot Flush Freedom Fighters group on Facebook. Um, and again, I think, you know, when we can start to, I suppose, build a, build a support network around us, that community that stops us feeling alone, I think that, that in itself 
can be a big help anyway, doesn't it? Whether whether we choose yes. to kind of manage yes. things naturally or, or go through the, the kind of That's right. Just thing. say things out loud, you immediately feel better. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Well, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to oh, you. My pleasure too. Thank you so much for having thank me on. Thank you. Thank you. And all the Claire's, I hope you've got all of your questions yeah. answered. Anything else uh, then, as I said, please do give, uh, give Julie a shout and make the most of her uh, knowledge and expertise, really. So thank you ever so much. Thank and, you. Uh, see you again next time. Okay, bye then. Bye.